Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the J Team Show with KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome to the J King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. My name is J King, and we got a good one for you today. Today I'm going to do a show a little different than I normally do. When you listen to my shows, the voice that you're most likely to hear most always is mine because I don't generally have a lot of guests on the show. And when I do, you'll hear me and a guest or me and my sons. Today you're going to hear me um, and four other guests and maybe even Mike because it, it might get to that conversation. We're going to be discussing the feasibility of reparations. Is it real? Uh, I believe a number came out today of $34 trillion based on the way they're talking about reparations and how it could be paid out or how it might be paid out, how it should be paid out, how it would be paid out. But (laughs) might. Mike, what is that? Can you hear me, Mike? Okay. Hold on, you guys. We got a we got a connection problem. I got disconnected again. Yeah. So just it just it just did. Yeah, we're we're. we're on three, but now it's saying no connection on three. Yeah, we dropped. We can't keep a connection. So let's, do we go to four? Let's just do it, and then I'll grab the audio from the recording, from Blockchop recording. Okay. okay. That's how you want to do it. Okay. So that's, okay. So do I need, so, right, so, so, you're, so you're right there, yeah. So you got to tell me when, um, when time is up. Okay. All right. I'm going to dial in again a different way. Mm-hmm. No, actually, you can you can stay dialed in on the line, and you can just stay right there. I see. Let's see if got it. Okay. Okay. All right, you guys. So we're gonna start right here. I'm just gonna start right here. Welcome to the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. My name is Jay King, and we have a good one for you today. We're going to discuss the feasibility of reparations. Is it real? Is it a possibility? I believe so, but not the way it's happening now. And I don't know if anybody has really approached the idea of the debt that's owed being paid with it actually being a payout at the end. I don't think anybody's really thought it all the way through based on how we've gone after it over and over again to fall short. Today I'm going to have different panelists with different degrees of agreement or disagreement about this debt, why it should or shouldn't be paid, and who owes it. How do we get to it? My name is Jay King. 
I'm the president and CEO of the California Black Chamber of Commerce. I am the leader and creator of the group Club Nouveau. I'm an on-air radio show host at 97.5 FM KDEE in Sacramento every um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 2 to 5 p.m. on Thursdays and from 3 to 5 p.m. on Tuesday and Wednesday. And I do a morning podcast called Kings in the Morning on thejkingnetwork.com Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. And, of course, I do this show at KBLA Talk 1580. You can also find my podcast if you download the iHeartRadio app and then search for The J. King Show. Then search for The J. King Show and follow me. And you'll get a chance. You can see all my old podcasts and the new ones I have coming up. Now, during the course of this show, you guys can, if, whatever you type, I will not talk to you. But after we finish the show, at the end, anything that you want to say, any comments you want to make, I'll read them, we can talk about it, and I'll add it to the show uh, for the, for the uh, podcast, but not for the live recording because we can't do that. So I hope you guys understand that. So um, with that being said, this show is being edited, Mike, uh, edits the show. Uh, normally, we use iHeartRadio. Today, we're not using it, which means um, I save some money. Hey, Baby K. So, welcome to the J. King Show. And welcome to a robust discussion, because I know that's what it will be. The talk of reparations isn't new. It's been going on for a while. And we seem to get stuck in a place at a certain point every time. And the place we get stuck at is the the actuality of it, the reality of it. And California last year, last couple of years, had a reparations task force. They had a panel. It was all African-American, one Asian. And... They came with some pretty startling findings of how much money they thought people should get and uh, a myriad of other things, but nothing so concrete that it made you go, hmm, this is possible. I wasn't involved in the discussion uh, from the inside, but from the outside, I was able to speak to and interview some of the panelists, uh, some of the people that were, that were part of the panel, and give them my opinion and some papers that I wrote on what it should look like. And I have to say some of the things that I have on paper is part of what they have in their proposal, but still not strong enough to me, not strong enough to win the voice the confidence or the vote of the people. And I'm going to start with, um, with a question to the panel. And 
I'm going to start with you, Reese Hopkins. Reese Hopkins, uh, if you listen to Kings in the Morning, he is Reese on the radio. Wax FM is his, uh, is his company, but he also does radio. I want to say at WITC. Is that right, Reese? <laughs> WTIC in Hartford, Connecticut. Okay, WTIC in Hartford, Connecticut. He is a frequent contributor to Kings in the Morning. And uh, Reese is a black Jewish conservative. And when we first had the discussion about the possibilities of a reparation being paid or the debt that I like, I like to call it the debt being paid, Reese, you are adamantly against it. Tell people why. Yeah. Um, because I thought it was rooted in something that lacked um, sort of uh, focus in a, in, in a weird way, because I felt, and I still see, see it in, in a lot of people who talk about reparations, as a government-paid apparatus. So in essence, looking at it from the perspective of government paying for reparations. But I always thought that those people didn't understand that government is a zero-sum game. Government gets its money from its people. So in essence, saying that the government would pay us is only suggesting that people pay us. And I believe that many people don't believe that they have any lot in slavery or benefited from it in any way, so they feel as though their money is being spent on something they did not contribute to. And that was the reason why I pushed back on it. Now, when you addressed it to me and called it the debt, that was different because then we're talking in a space that I can understand. There's a legal note to that debt. So in essence, if you benefited from slavery, and I'm looking at an article now from the Atlanta Black Star, there are 15 well-known organizations today who benefited from slavery. And we're talking about companies like USA Today. We're talking about the Rothschild and Sons Bank in London. These are actual organizations who have millions, if not trillions of dollars altogether who have benefited from slavery. So if you want to look at it from that place as paying a debt um, or actually litigating this in a courtroom, I would seek money from there. And you and I have had that discussion before and, and agreed that, look, we've got to get it from a feasible place from the person who benefited. Government may have allowed it and in some cases may have benefited from it, but it can't pay anything out that doesn't come from the people. Okay. Uh, John Beckman is just a white guy. And I'm not saying that because I'm saying that. I'm saying that because when I asked John, John, how would you like to be introduced? He said, uh, I just want to be introduced as just a white guy. So, John, as somebody who's just a white guy, but you're not just a white guy. You are a conservative white guy. And when we first started talking about the debt that's owed, you were – not in favor of it, but then you changed your mind. What changed your mind? Okay, let me tell you what changed my mind. Because when we first were speaking about it, to be honest with you, Jay, I didn't learn anything about the, the black, uh, the, the history, the black history of why reparations was even a topic. It never really entered my, my, my lingo until I learned from you um, about what happened to, to slaves. And 
when I heard when I can't speak for every white person, but when you, when a white person, perhaps at least in my case, when you hear the word reparations, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, I, I don't like that word, you know. And then when you explain that this should be a debt paid and that it has nothing to do with slavery, but it had to do with the the black soldiers coming back from World War II and how they lost their rights, then it began to resonate with me. So, and, and, and on some of the things I disagree on you with is when you, I think you compiled a list of like 10, 10 different things, 10 different potpourris of how one could get a debt paid to them. And the, the, the main thing I disagreed with you at that time was that you said it should be paid in perpetuity. And I said, that's never going to happen. Never. And then I, I explained to you why I don't think it would ever happen, and I think you somewhat agreed with me and changed your mind on that. But I, I agree that a debt is owed to those of whom that were disenfranchised by when they came back from World War II, not slavery, slavery uh, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, Yusuf Kente, uh, you believe that um, America has seen her best days, and she is at the end of the rainbow. Uh, And in some instance, you agree that there's a debt owed, but in others you say, uh, you know, let this thing burn. Forget about the debt. Let it fall down. It has no value. Are you still in that space? Well, first of all, I go to the last part. I say let it burn because it's been so long that people have been grappling over this, and it hasn't happened. So I take the stance from their time is up because there is a time. And, you know, I got into this because it was here before I was here, and I started studying history. And so as I was reading, you know, I'm looking at things about reparations, about how America got reparations during World War I, about how other countries got reparations after atrocities done by other nations. So as I began to read more, I saw that this is really an issue that's on way before I've been here, somewhat to where some say even 400 years. And 400 years, and to the reason why I say a time is up, is because that is the time that has been talked about. Uh, these ones that has done this thing to where they owe a debt, their time is up. So I'm going, you know, basically about just from references, you know, I hear people talk about, you know, they believe in it and it should be this, but it's stipulation. It wasn't stipulations when they decided to do it uh, after the Civil War. They said it was a debt to be paid. Simple as that. So, you know, there's uh, that's about where I stand with it, that their time is up. They don't want to do it. They know they had to do it. So in conclusion, let it burn. And um, Robert Apodaca, who is a 
uh, public policy advocate. Um, now, Robert, do I say a Mexican descendant, uh, a descendant of Mexican, or do I say Hispanic? Because I don't know which is which is proper. In my case, I'm a Mexican descendant, but my family's been uh, from New Mexico. We, we've been there since 1701, and uh, okay. so that's why I'm a New Mexican. So we, we have lots of roots. We have we have lots of roots there, and uh, and you know I you know I, I came to California a little over 50 years ago, and I have a different perspective on a lot of these Latino issues. And you know I come okay. from the era of about 50 years ago when we described ourselves as Chicanos, and, and you know mm-hmm. Chicano was akin to the word um, black when you know um, it was it was different than African Americans and. And, uh, and right. any other description. So, and and I'm 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 new to this whole conversation, but I'm, I'm but I'm aware of it. So you say you're new to the conversation. So, in the Mexican or Chicano communities, this isn't a conversation that you all are familiar with, or acquainted with in any way, form, or fashion, or very minimally, at best. Would that be correct the, to say? The, the, that, that that would be correct to say. However, in in California, there, there there's there's a fairly large um, well, uh, there's there's a group that believes that some reparations should be done because they feel like their land was taken. You know, when 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 the uh, when the the other white guys came into California, and a lot of a lot of Mexican families lost their 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 land grants. And of course, that happens. So when I say when I say well. reparations, exactly. I'm talking about as it relates. I'm talking about as it relates to black folk and right. the debt that's owed for the crimes committed. Right. You guys, that's not a conversation that was had in the Latin community, Mexican community, Hispanic no. community, Chicano community, right? No, no, but it, but it but it is a conversation that's coming up now. Right. So the, so the reason why I wanted you guys to hear those voices and those opinions. It's because I wanted you to recognize that what you think you know, you really don't. And what you think other people know, they really don't. We have been so trivial with our own history and nonchalant with our own history. We don't recognize that other groups, other nationalities, other ethnicities are not familiar with our plight because our history wasn't told or written about in the historic books that America used as text and the curriculum. And we have not been good stewards when it comes to to the discussion of our history. Some of it, I believe, has to do with shame, or we feel kind of shame. Some of it is embarrassment and pain and heartache, don't want to relive it. But if we want this debt to be paid, if we want this discussion to move, the four people that I have on the phone represent four different groups of people 
a mindset with more to come. And the only way this discussion is going to move forward is if, number one, we listen to every one of them. And that is from the, the furthest right that you will get from a Reese Hopkins and from the furthest left that you will get from a Yusef Kente and then everything in the middle. So let me tell you guys some of the things I think must happen if we're in fact going to make the possibility of a reparation being paid, the first thing you have to do is change the name. It can't be reparations. It has to be what it is, and that is a debt. There's a debt owed to us, but not from white people. There's a debt owed to us from our government because our government was the criminal. And the criminality doesn't start at slavery. The criminality starts post-slavery. Once the Civil War is over and the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments are placed in the Constitution of the United States. The 13th Amendment abolishes slavery. That means it says there's no more. The 14th Amendment gives the formerly enslaved citizenship. And the 15th Amendment gives African-American men the right to vote. And those are the tenements. That's the foundation to me that the debt that's owed that should be paid has to be based on. If you base it on anything other than that, hey, Cammy, I see you on uh, Instagram. I only said hi to Cammy, you guys, because Cammy is a good friend of ours who we can't see on Facebook who made it, who made it through um, COVID after being inoculated and um, gave a 28% chance of surviving, and she did, and she's fighting back, and I just wanted to say hi to her. So, hey, Cammy. I'm sorry, Mike, I knew that. Um, I'll come in right here. So it is those, to me, those are the three tenements that we have to rest everything on, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. That is your foundation. And, and once we make that the foundation, now we have some place to argue from. If you make slavery the foundation, then you have to do the historical part to that. Only 25% of white people in the whole country even have the ability to purchase slaves. The other 75, 80% were too poor to do such a thing. 
what the other 75-80% had was white skin, and they didn't have to worry about the same types of treatment that blacks did because they were slaves. They had no rights. So even though they didn't have the ability to own slaves and had a financial wherewithal, they had to, the ability to become earners and to possibly be rich. They had rights that blacks didn't have, and that was the law. So you, you'll get into the weeds and you'll get into muddy water if you start trying to have that conversation and you won't get anywhere. And this is where I say black folk have to decide if we want to be right or if we want to win. Now, if you want to be right, you can get into that discussion. You can make all kinds of arguments. You can feel like you're right, but you won't win nothing. How do we know? Well, we've been making that argument for the better part of 100-plus years. So we have to change our, our um, what do you call it, our, our game plan. Because the game plan that we're, that we're doing, that we've done for these 100-plus years, hasn't worked. Another thing we have to do is we have to make it about the government and not about white people because not all white people were even in line with the treatment. Now, did they fall in line? Absolutely, because nobody wants to be ostracized. You fall into what the order of the day is. And it wasn't their responsibility. It's not individual people's responsibility to protect the Constitution. That's the government's job. The government's job is to protect the Constitution and to make sure that the citizens that live under that Constitution are protected. But the government, in our case, was the criminal. It was the government that protected and, in some cases, enacted Jim Crow laws. It was the government that protected and enabled Black codes uh, governed black people different than white people from a legal aspect. It was the government that allowed separate but equal to exist. And so when you, look, when you listen to somebody like Reese Hopkins who started the conversation off, you have to appeal to him. Now, you can argue with him about why you're right, or you can appeal to him from a sensible standpoint. You can argue the same way with John Beckman. John Beckman told you when he, when he talked about slavery, he didn't, he didn't like that it, because he didn't have anything to do with that. But when you could pinpoint, when you could point it to something, and now he picked up World War II. Well, why World War II? Because in World War II is when the GI Bill came into effect. Hold on, Jay. I'm and when in World G- War One, I'm I'm sorry, World War One. Okay. So, okay. So let okay. Let me go back to that. So John Beckman, he said he he meant World War One, 
But I'm going to tell you why he said even World War I. Because in World War I, when black soldiers came back, um, they fought with the French in World War I. And when they came back into the country, white men, congressmen on the floor of Congress said the greatest threat to America is the Negro soldier coming back from war believing he has the same inherent rights as a white man. This is white man country. We must keep our foot on the neck of the Negro, otherwise they will ask for better housing and better pay. That was on the floor of Congress. So when John Beckman heard that for the first time, it blew his mind. But then you start unraveling the historical parts of it. Now you understand different. And this is just the beginning. We're just starting to unravel this thing. When I come back, we're going to talk about the panel for the debt that's old, the debt we call reparations. What should it look like? And will it change the mind of a Reese Hopkins, a John Beckman, a Yusef Kente, or Robert Apodaca, if it as I think it should be? My name is Jay King. You're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. We'll be right back. How was that, John? I mean, on Mike. Okay. So, Mike, um, um, I already did it, Mike. So, um, tell me, um, Mike, how many minutes do I have on this next one? How many minutes do I have? So Mike is going to tell me how many minutes. Hey, um, hi, everybody. I can't say hi to everybody, um, and, but Richard, all the stuff that you guys are saying, if you guys type it once we're done with the show, I'll read it and we can discuss it um, at length and it will be part of the podcast. Conrado said my great-great-grandmother had so many last names on her slave documents, Merle, Ross, Melton, all slave owners. Finally, her married name, Hopkins. Wow, the recent somebody might be kidding you. Richard Herrera said California history in the late 19th century had imported the slave building economy from the deep south to California, and the Mohawk, Madu, and other natives were enslaved in California in the 17th century to the 19th century by mainly Spanish Mexicans. California doesn't um, m- much history of, um, of African American slaves. Okay, let me see what Mike says. Mike, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, so yeah, can you hear me? So how many minutes? Yeah, how many minutes do I have? Well, that went that went 25. That was pretty long. Um, mm-hmm. We have a total of 18 minutes left in the show. Okay, so you want to do? So I'm going to do. I'm going to do one nine minute, and then two four minutes. Okay, sounds Is good to cool? me. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, watch the chat yeah. or your text. I'll. I'll I'll give you key I know, I'm looking. Yeah. That's why I was waiting on you. I'm looking at it. I didn't see nothing from you. Okay. Um, yeah. You ready? I mean, I gave you a minute about 10 minutes ago. So. Okay. All right. Uh, you're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. My name is Jay King. We're talking about the feasibility 
of reparations? Is it real? Is it possible? I believe so, but I think it has to be done in a way that is going to be palatable to everyone, at least the people that will sit on a panel. So I'm going to um, start again with Reese Hopkins. Reese, would you agree the panel for reparations should be multicultural, or are you interested, would you be interested in sitting on a multicultural panel to discuss the possibility of a debt being paid? No, 100% not, um, uh, because that would lend to the idea that people based upon their culture would agree or disagree based on said culture, and I do not believe that anyone is a monolith based upon where they come from. So I believe mm-hmm. in order for you, if, if, the, if the objective is to reach an end, right, so, so the end goal is let's get reparations, right, not let's debate mm-hmm. if we get reparations, it's let's get reparations. We, that's our goal. Mm-hmm. Multiculturalism has nothing to do with it. You need like-minded people who agree on an idea and say, here's what we're going to give, here's why we're going to give it, and then meet it there. It doesn't matter whether or not the whole panel's white. In, in my view, the point is okay. like getting to a place that, that, that gets to that point mm-hmm. where it is. And I believe that you get there by not making American citizens who have nothing to do with, uh, with, with uh, all those things you just discussed. I think you have to find the people who are culpable, hold them accountable, and I think all people will agree. Like I said, those 15 companies, they still exist today. They're worth trillions of dollars. They benefited from slavery. They should pay for it. If you didn't have a slave, if your ancestor didn't have a slave, if you have an ancestor who fought in the Civil War with the Union to abolish slavery, you indeed obviously should, did not benefit from it because you got skin in the game. Get the people who are financially benefited from slavery, get them to pay. And I think everybody would agree on that. Okay. Um, John Beckman, uh, would you agree that the panel for reparations should be a multicultural um, panel, not just black, but black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Native, um, immigrant, Jewish, LGBTQ. No, I, you know, 100%. I, I kind of agree with what Reese said, but not about the panel. There's nothing, in my view, wrong with any type of panel, but I agree mm-hmm. that any panel that discusses this topic should be multicultural. I mean, the one they had in California, the Gavin Newsom you know, put together, like you said, it was all African-American, one Asian. I mean, that's not going to accomplish anything but just personal gain for that particular, or that particular politician, Gavin Newsom, who we all think was going to run for president. So that when he goes down to Georgia and South Carolina, he can say, yeah, I did a panel for reparations. That was all a political ploy, ploy in, my, in my opinion. But, no, I, I definitely believe that there should be a uh, – you know, if the whole topic is going to come up for discussion, it should, be, it should be everybody at the table. And even if, you know, everybody at, at the table doesn't agree with everybody, which they're not, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Yusef Kente, do you believe that um, it should be a multicultural panel? Well, it'll be good just if America just paid for the debt that it said it had anyway. However, if multi come in to play a part to this, that'd be fine because it was a worldwide thing. It was America that was the last one to let go of slavery. 
So if they want to bring everybody else into the fight, you know, to help them, that's cool, too. You know, you could bring Spain into it. They had something to do with it, you know, with the queen and all that. You'd have, you know, so, but it would just be good to have America pay its debt to what it said, it written down, and it won't carry out. It's just like won't paying off your debt for the playoffs. And you know San Francisco won. Okay. Uh, what about you? Um, I know that you have the least amount of experience in the conversation, but I'm going to ask you, Robert Apodaca, would you would you agree that a panel for reparations should be multicultural? I definitely do agree on that because I think that that's going to add to the richness of the solution. Um, otherwise, uh, people just see this as um, – and so I think that having that broad representation, I'm not sure just how broad, but, but definitely if, if we're talking about here in California, it has to represent uh, uh, the, the diversity here in California. Um, so I'm going to tell you guys why I believe that it has to be a multicultural um, panel, because we're going to need everybody with buy-in. And so – and not because one person can represent a whole people, but what one person can do, especially a person with influence in a community, what they're able to do is express to the community through, uh, through their network what the issues really are, the, the facts, not what we think, not what we feel, not what we hope, but what we know. And, if you're listening, you, if you heard, listen to John Beckman, John Beckman never even knew about this until we had the discussion on Kings in the Morning. Because John Beckman is, is, a, is a white guy who lived probably primarily in a white community, and culturally his conversation at the dinner table is different than mine as a black man. And the same way... I want my culture and my conversation to be respected. I have to be willing to respect his conversation, his culture, and know that there has to be a communication from me to him, the same as there has to be a communication from him to me. Robert Apodaca is a Mexican-American, 1701. He told you his family's been here since 1701. A man of color. But even for him, this is a conversation that's foreign to his community because his community got their own fight. They got their own battle because black folk aren't the only marginalized people in the country. We just happen to be the only marginalized that was once owned. And if we really want this debt to be paid, if we really want this conversation to be had in a healthy space, then we have to exercise patience and we have to be inviting to the country as a whole 
so that they could understand the depth of this crime and how it affects us even today. But I think in doing that, we'll also be healing ourselves because a lot of us don't even recognize the depth of the pain, the depth of the of the crime and the criminality. And, and we don't even take into account that the biggest criminal against us was the very government that was supposed to protect us. My name is Jay King. You're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. We'll be right back. How was that, Mike? That good. Was, um, that was very good. Nine minutes. Got it. Yep. Okay. Right on. So, um, so, hey, so I'm, I want you guys to know we're going to do two four-minute sections. So they're going to be fast, and then the show is going to be over. But if you guys can stay on, we, we'll have a more open and robust conversation that goes on the podcast but doesn't go on the hour-long show, but people can listen to it on the podcast. Is that cool with everybody? Yep. Yeah, we're good. Cool. Yeah. Hey, okay. Jay, can I say something real quick? that maybe you'll yeah. let me say on the air is that I think the white perception out there is we all, whenever we hear interviews about reparations, we always hear the white man pay, make the white man pay. And, and, mm-hmm. and that is what is making this thing. So, you know, Oh my God, what the hell's going on here? We didn't have anything to do with slavery. Right. So that's all I wanted mm-hmm. to say. Okay. Yeah. And you can say that. Yeah. You'll, you'll be able to you'll be able to so we'll be able to so you guys will have a lot more room to speak after the show is over with so we'll have a be able to, the conversation will be a lot more flowing it's just that you know we have about 48 minutes out of this hour to actually do the show and so that's and then and plus you'll get people that are um like richard herrera he's he's typed some things i can't read them because he's typing them during the show but once the show is over with as they're typing and stuff, I'll read their comments, and you guys can comment on that as well. All right? Okay. Okay. Cool. You ready? Highland. Um, um, okay. This show is sponsored by Highlands Community Charter School. If you're 22 years or older without a high school diploma, Highlands Community Charter School is where you ought to be. Not only will they help you earn your high school diploma, they'll help you find a career pathway, and it doesn't cost a dime, just time and effort. 916-844-2283 is the number. 916-844-2283, Highlands Community Charter School. For those of you 22 years or older, remember, it's never too late to get your life in order. How was that, Mike? Loved it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we're back at 97.5 KDEE, Sacramento's number one community. Oh, no, I'm not. God damn it. I'm sorry. What? We're back. Uh, we're back at the J. King Show, KBLA Talk 1580. My name is J. King, and we, we're um, winding this thing down. We're talking about uh, the feasibility of the debt or what we're calling right now reparations, the possibility of it actually being paid, how real is it? And I've had a, a, a panel of four very different thinkers. Um, Reese Hopkins uh, is on w, um, ITC, WTCI, I'm sorry. Um, Reese Hopkins is on WTCI and um, New Haven, Connecticut. 
He also has his own network um, and show Reese on the radio. You can also hear him on Kings in the Morning from 8 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, he is a controversial contributor. He's a black man who is Jewish and conservative. Some people call ultra-right. Uh, you also have um, Yusef Kente, Joseph Burnley, who is also uh, a contributor and a main host on Kings in the Morning, who uh, believe that America has seen her best days and it's time for her to burn down. And we call him Babylon because he always says Babylon is falling. And um, he feels like, you know, if there's a debt that's going to be paid, it should have been paid a long time ago. It's too late now. Um, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the let it burn. Uh, and then uh, we have Robert Apodaca, who is a public policy advocate. Robert has um, been a fighter for um, the less fortunate uh, for the better part of 50 years. Uh, and has been on the front line, a front line fighter still even today as it relates to public policy. We do a lot of work together. Um, he's a Chicano. Uh, and it's just becoming familiarized with the debt that's owed and, um, and can see a correlation between his community and ours and, is, and knows that, it, that the conversation needs to be had and, um, and that's why he's at the table. And then, John Beckman is just a white guy, and I didn't say that. He did. Uh, but um, John Beckman is more than a white guy because he, he really, if you listen to Kings in the Morning, he, uh, he is um, fascinated, I think, by the conversation sometimes and the history of black people in this country, history that he, and like a lot of white people, didn't know even existed didn't know the things that took place. And having guys like this on the show, um, for me, gives you all a better view, I believe, and hopefully gives you open enough ears to hear what everybody's saying, not to critique agree or disagree with or have an opinion of, but to actually listen to and hear them, hear what they're saying. Recognize that these are some legitimate points, whether you like them or not. And we have to take all of them into account if we're going to move the needle, if we're going to move the ball down the field because, quite frankly, I just don't believe that our leadership has done anything to do that, move the ball down the field. I don't know if it's even something that they want to do more than it's something that they want to talk about doing so they can stay in office and keep getting cushy paychecks from a cushy job on your cushy backs. My name is Jay King. It's the Jay King Show. We'll be right back with final words from our guests. Okay. How, um, so I got four minutes right here, right? Yeah. Yep. Four. 
Okay. So, so Reese, I'm gonna give each of you guys one minute to just to close out. You got um, it. How you I'll think put this is gonna go? And then, yeah, and then we'll, and then we'll, once the show ends, don't go anywhere because then we're gonna have a discussion, an open discussion with everybody that's listening. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. All right. It's the J. King Show at KBLA Talk 1580, and I'm glad you all tuned in for those of you who did. Uh, if you haven't listened to uh, some of my past shows, you can download the iHeartRadio app and then search for the J. King Show, and you can listen to all my shows, this one and past shows, that talk about this subject because we've talked about it a number of times. Um, I'm glad that um, I had four different opinions here, and I'm going to let each of them uh, give you um, one minute of how they see this thing and and why. I'm going to start with you, Reese. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, look, reparations is going to be a conversation that I know we're going to talk about for at least the next 50 years, um, primarily because uh, I believe that the – the focus is disjointed, and there are a, a lot of cooks in one soup, and in order to get people to agree on one ideal way to uh, pay off a debt or to pay off reparations, I don't think that we could ever come to a real, um, a real solution here, and I think that's just the way it is because it is the original sin, and I don't think that there's really a price that you can put on it. That's kind of the way that I've looked at it. I hate to poo-poo it, but I think that's just the way that you, you look at it. You know, it's, it's a really hard thing to gauge the human toll that slavery had on individuals. So to ever see a resolution to that in the form of uh, reparations or a debt, maybe, uh, maybe it's too daunting to ever reach. So that's all I can say. Uh, what about you, um, John Beckman? Thank you, Jay. Yeah, I, th I think this conversation um, is just in the beginning phases of this conversation where we have to get a bunch of people at the table together to discuss this. But I don't think uh, reparations or the debt is necessarily doesn't necessarily mean here's some cash for you, here's cash for you, here's cash for you. It could be done in many a way. It could be done in land. It could be done in tax breaks. It could be done in education. It could be done in finance as far as whether or not you get a lower rate for a mortgage or you don't eat, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. But it, it, it's not one pill fits everything under this umbrella. And I thank you for letting me be part of the show, Jay. What about you, um, Robert Apodaca? I think that the process, and it will be a process, really needs to be, uh, be, begin with a, uh, a strong understanding of what we're trying to accomplish. Not, not looking for the solution, but just having a very strong understanding of the, of the impact uh, that we're trying, the, the impact on, on, on black folk and, and their offspring and, and how, how those origin, that original sin is still alive and kicking today. So, you know, I, it's really still a big issue today. And when we have that understanding, and it's when we can begin the conversation of reparation or coming up with a way to uh, pay that debt off. And it's a daunting task, but it's very doable. And I would like to be part of that. Thank you. 
And and thank you. And um, last but not least, I'm going to end it with Babylon. Yusef Kente. Well, everyone agrees that it's an original sin. Everyone agrees that, you know, the debt should be paid. And some, most, think that this is the beginning, but it's really the end. The main thing that you said, Jay, was about healing. If it was just about healing, you know, you already took away uh, pre-slavery or or, uh, uh, you put it only on post-slavery. You took that away. So you said now this is about for many to join in, to, to get in on what really was done wrong, the original sin. So... If people really want to heal, all right, go on and stop filibustering and go on and pay your debt because San Francisco won the game. Pay it. <laughs> and if you don't pay it, you're done. <laughs> Through. Yeah, we took the point. Finish. This we is the, the J.K. Show at KVLA Talk 1580. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. <laughs> all right. So, um, so Shirley Brown said, will it happen in my lifetime? And when she says in my lifetime, she said in her lifetime. Will it happen in, in her lifetime? Shirley Brown, I'm going to say this, and I'll let you guys step into. If we continue in the same manner we're going, not only will it not happen in your lifetime, it won't happen in any lifetime. I don't believe the process, as uh, Robert Apodaca said, I don't believe the process is built for it to ever happen. Anybody else want to step in on that? Yeah, how old is Shirley, by the way? <laughs> that, that determines what the lifetime is. <laughs> well, you know, well, I look at Dr. Martin. Okay. I was going to say, I look at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., right? So before Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. dies, he says within 40 years, he believed that we'd see a black president. Sure enough, we did yeah. within 40 years. So, I mean, look, I, I do believe there, there should be a focus, but I, I, I didn't want to meander about this. But I will say this. In order for someone to get reparations for black people, there must be a representation for black people. No one has decided on who that individual is because you can't get a consensus. Even if you get a small one, you can't get a consensus on who that individual is that will do the bidding for black people to get that. Otherwise, someone, if they're not doing our bidding, they're speaking for us. If they're not speaking for us, they're representing us. We have to decide on who that individual is. And again, as I said earlier, where are we getting the money from? I'm going through these companies, J.K. Try this on for size. Norfolk Southern, USA Today, J.P. Morgan Chase, New York Life, Aetna, Rothschild and Sons Bank in London, Norfolk but, but, Southern. Okay, but, but Reese, to me, that's, that's the job of the government because I'm not basing Why? it on – because I'm not basing it on slavery. I'm basing it on okay. slavery. When the government, the, the, when the government is supposed to protect my inalienable rights, but the government is the criminal. Do, the government we, are you talking one, local or federal? <clears throat> local, federal, state, across the board. 
Do you know how many lawsuits you'd have to file in order to do that? No, no, I don't have no. I'm not looking to file lawsuits. I'm saying the government has to correct itself. The body itself has to say we were wrong. We allowed things to happen to American citizens that were criminal that should have never happened. And but I, but I, and, I, and I think when they start putting a number, when they start putting the number of 34 trillion on it, they they um they, it's a, it's fear mongering because it doesn't have to be money. John Beckman well, that- um, said it best. It could be it could be no money for a lot of people. But now I don't pay taxes. I don't pay state taxes. I don't take, pay federal taxes. I don't pay income taxes. I pay no taxes for the next 10, 15 years. So if I make $100,000 a year, I get to take $100,000 to the face where I can take the forty-five, fifty thousand $50,000 the government would take from me, and I get to put it into uh, into an investment. I get to put it in the stock market. I get to I get to... Or nothing. Some other kind of way. And, and, you get to and do so whatever get, you want with it. Yeah. And so I have 15 years to take that money, that's my money, and do all that I can to grow it. And I could grow it to a trillion dollars, then I, can't, I won't pay taxes until year 16 comes, and I pay on the money I earn in 16, year 16. But for those first 15 years, everything I earn, I get to keep. And that's where a multicultural panel comes into play to determine the number of years. You know, Martin Luther King also said that, you know, if you look at America and you look at Rome, the fall of Rome, the parallels are frightening. So in saying that, you know, I see still that it's grappling going on. You know, it don't want – it's the arrogance. The arrogant pride goes before fall, and the arrogance of this country is before. Not only did America do this to people, their own citizens of color in this country, they did it to other people, to the natives of this country. Mm-hmm. They did yeah. it to. They're doing it now. So it's Richard the Herrera arrogance said, of, uh, Richard Herrera said, "Yes, totally agree with the government." that the government has historically been criminal. But now let's not forget, everybody, the government are taxpayers. Exactly. We're, so we're talking That's about taxpayers. That's the part Absolutely. that I think. But, uh, so, let, no, so, no. so let me tell you this, John. The governors, I mean, the, the government isn't taxpayers. The government sure it is. is, no, the government is they're, in control. They're the tax the money They're the tax spenders. But, but that's why I say... You can't say, but because it costs money to live in this country. You, you, you pay. The government to, to, is the one the, that cut that rock, that cut that rock and put the foreheads of people up there on sacred land. That's okay, who should pay. Exactly. Okay. So the government's negligence is what makes them culpable, right? So they didn't change the laws to make not, it. No, the, no, make, not the negligence. The they're criminal of the white man's Re- land. No, no, criminal. Okay, the negligence. The criminal, government criminal killed people. Negligence, the okay? government criminal. killed black people. The government. What government? Agencies are the U.S. government. No, the no, U.S. In what government. way, Jay? 
In what way? What do you mean in what way? When, when it says troops, in, in the red summer of 1919, when, when, when troops went to Nashville, Tennessee, Reese, and, and okay. shot up the black the community that and just killed innocent people. In the the government, you have stopped the red line as a form of criminality. You have stopped war today. You stop for a second. Hold on. Jay King, I, need, I want to address what you just Hold said. Hold on, Reese. Reese, hold on. Del Bernie said even redlining is a form of criminality and that the value of my real property is deemed worth less money simply because of where it is located, not because of my lot, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, or other amenities. Um, okay, Del Bernie, let me address that. This government is about what to go King to war said. because of three soldiers, and then you say, what right, government? Let's not let this evolve into King's Listen, morning. Listen, I know what, exactly. Time. I want to I address what Dale Bernie says. Dale Bernie, your house is being redlined? Or are you talking about someone else's? I'll address that. You can answer that in the chat room. Jay, well, the, it, troops who went, the troops who went to Nashville, okay, the independence of that action, that affected the lives of those individuals in, in Nashville is not synonymous with every experience in the, in, in, in the black diaspora. My question, wait, let me, my question, do we make everybody whole for the events of Nashville? Well, let me tell That's you why you make everybody whole. Yeah, Reese, I'm going to tell you why. Yes, the reason why it's you. called systemic is because it was part of a system. What happened okay. in the summer of 1919, are you familiar with the Red Summer? Yes, you talk about it often, Jay. Are you, fami- are you familiar with the Red Summer? Yes, Jay, thank you. Yes, because of well, you, how, I am how, familiar with it. Have you read about the Red Summer, or are you just familiar with what you've heard from me? I'm familiar from what I heard from you. You've talked about it at Nauta. Okay. So the Red Summer, Reese, in 25 major cities in the United States, and more than uh, four dozen smaller areas at the end of World War I, the United States government told black soldiers coming back from the war that they couldn't have weapons when they came home. But they didn't impose the same rules and regulations their white counterparts. When black men came home from war, not in one city or one state, but throughout the country in different areas, black men in uniform were harassed, accosted, and murdered. Some burned alive in their uniforms because white men said, get your nigger ass out of that American uniform. And the government did nothing. Pretty much what they were told is they're not worthy. They're not worthy is what they were told. This government citizens is paying today for the diaspora of the Jewish diaspora. It's paying for the war that's going on now, what's happening in Israel. So how can you debate about the diaspora of black people when it comes to a debt that everyone here agrees to an original sin that because hasn't been I, paid I just when they said, know 
well, check I'll out, man. You. What you said, what you said is about the diaspora. Yes, and I'll answer for you. The, well, that's what you said. Yes, and, and I said I'll answer the you. The Jewish diaspora is being paid to the whole state. Again, Jay King said not slavery. He's talking about redlining. Well, right? you talked about the I'm not just talking about I'm, I'm off that you now because he's moved on to slavery. I'm not just talking about just redlining. No, no, no. I, I know, about, but Jay King, I just want to address what you're talking about. about. Let's talk about well, I'm the fact talking about that what in 1910, to bring up. let's talk about the fact that in 1910, there are 8 million African Americans in the United States, 90% living in the South. 8 million African Americans collectively own 15 million acres in this country. By, 19, uh, by 1922, half of that acreage is gone. By okay. 2024, Again. by 2024, that 48 million Africans, nearly six times as many, or 45 million, mm-hmm. collectively own less than 1.2 million acres. Because mm-hmm. again, government sanctioned, government sanctioned, uh, um, provided policies. you can prove that. What do you mean? We don't have to prove. Okay. What are you talking about? Reese is written. The government is uh, it's written. The wait, wait. Um, can you can we have a cohesive conversation here? Let me ask you the well, question. You well, say the that that number died, died, wait, 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 the died, died, Can I just let me just answer the let me just ask him the question? Jesus, for the fucking cry um, out loud, dude! I just want to ask the question. Are you are you a professional? Hey, Yousef, be quiet for two seconds while I ask radio? him the question. You can't answer anything I haven't asked. Jay. Yeah, but you're the cutting bureau? at us. Uh, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ was your quote. Listen to me, Jay King. Again, the I know bureau what of the land numbers read, read the Bureau of Land Management, eminent domain, and red lining. That happened to every one of them. Government, that that happened to every one of them. That's the real BLM. Hold on. That happened to every one of them, Jay. Is that what you're saying? That's that's right. Okay. And that is verifiably true? So, Reese, what I do know about you is this. Oh, come on. Don't make it about me. Just answer the question. I'm just telling you, Reese, because because when you argue argue points that that are just asinine, it's not asinine. It's a legitimate question. Because, Reese, you don't know. Reese. Either you don't, either you decided not to read this information, oh my God. or you don't, or you you don't want to believe what you read. It's not about not believing want, it, Jay King. I asked yeah. a legitimate question that you want to turn no, into you, something else. Answer the question because I'm asking no, you legitimately. You, you, you hold on. Words, if you words, want to listen, words, if you want to have a debate roll. with me about, yeah. if you want to have a debate about what my intentions are, have that with me another time because I'm asking a legitimate question. Each What's individual. Your question, Okay, what thank you. Each, indiv- each individual had a circumstance where they lost their land. If you're suggesting to me that every one of them... No, I'm not was saying that the... every individual... Thank reads, you. Obviously, there were some people that Clearly. might have lost their land because they couldn't... But the majority of it, Reese, so much okay. so, so much so that the government had to admit to it. Okay, no, Jay, and, and, no, and again, and, and, you and, and, not, so you and so I are not in an argument that, then. I'm so saying that so the that government was responsible... You weren't given okay. the same. You weren't given the same favorable um, uh, um, 
Unalienable rights. Yeah. Dale Bernie um, says again, the government confiscated black-owned land through eminent domain, unpaid property tax, and legal should, should So again, all chicanery, of that yeah. should be documented, correct? If all is, is documented, is what's the holdup? So what's the holdup? What are you talking about? They, they, they admit it. Hey, I'm asking you a question. Don't get listen. That's part of the Yousef. J. King, I'm asking that's you a question. Listen, if it affected the um, Hopkins Jesse family. Said, Jesse Clyde said, I think we need to look into how we want the debt paid. Cash Jay, isn't let me the ask only you this. We need to if think Jay of our King... future. The, the, um, Reese, hold on. Hold on. Jesse Clyde said, I think we need to look into how we want the debt paid. Cash isn't the only means. We need to think of our future, the development of our children. So policy changes, especially within the criminal justice system and new schools like HBCUs and charter schools, should be in the conversation. Um, Jesse, I stand against you and give them their cash Jesse, and take gold. I have a full plan give us your gold that includes and you can have cash, cash, debt, okay. um, financial literacy, health care, um, home ownership, property ownership, free education, um, and um, business loans. Look, Jay, so I say give us their gold and they take their cash. It is, it is easy for everyone to say, but I'm gonna t- I'm gonna use I'm gonna use an anecdotal remedy here for you and me, Jay King. Both of us live in Savannah, Georgia. Both of us, the King family and the Hopkins family, have their homes taken in imminent domain. Right? There's a documented evidence of that. Would you rather? us be a part of a class action debt being paid or do we have documentation to sue the actual government for stealing our land that we can therefore sue and get it back or get reparations for or a debt paid for well, what would you rather well Reese again you um, you you try to change the I'm the just asking of the, the question of the beat. and I, you can't because question. now you're trying to change you're trying to change the rules of engagement. No, I'm um, asking you. I don't yes, want to change them. I'm asking you a personal you question. You can pay off your debt to the Jay, rest of the I'm world not trying to change anything. I'm asking you a personal question give us based goal, upon what man. you just said. You said that the government admitted to eminent domain of taking people's homes. So, again, I ask yes. you. So that means if they admitted to it, there's documentation of it. Why wouldn't you just it, sue it, them? Of course. It, they, they, what are you talking about, Reese? Not only is it documented, they've apologized for it. Jay, did, but again, that's they can do about it. Admission of guilt. They've already they've already built the freeway through it. Jay, again, I'm they've not already, asking for the land back. I'm the saying freeway. they're not going to pay Jay, anything. Jay, if they admitted to it, if and they were going also, to pay something, Reese, they would have done it already. That's why we're having the conversation. Is, is somebody missing something in? here? Robert, do you want to get a question in? I don't even know if he's still here. Jay, I'm still on you, here, but. I'm asking a legitimate question. If this happened and the government admitted to it, admitted culpability, there is no argument about reparations. You owe me. You admitted to the guilt. Uh, Absolutely. It doesn't make any sense. So that's what I'm saying. So, Reese, Reese, maybe you didn't hear Bill Clinton when he apologized. I did. Okay, so, so they've admitted it, but they haven't paid the debt, and I believe they haven't paid the debt because of the way it's been presented up to this point. Jake, you and I are in agreement, but that's my point. 
is that people are talking about paying a bit debt to everybody when we're talking about actual events that happen to no, individuals. No. We're taking Reece, anecdotals Reece, and we're broad stroking. Reese, let me explain why. Because okay. if you live in this country and you're African-American and you're a descendant of a slave, you've suffered some type of okay. hardship. Even if right. you, so even you're if saying, you've done right. okay. Even if, right. so, yeah, I've done okay, Reese, but there's been hardship, hardships that were, that were suffered throughout my who life. Who gets to mitigate that hardship? Um, that's why the, the government, we have to, we, we get to mitigate it. That's what, that's what, okay. this, that's what this panel was about. So if this my family had never owned any vacation, listen. And, so, and everybody's not going to get, everybody don't need the same thing. I don't need, I don't need money. Okay. I don't want money. Okay. I, w- I, want, I, don't, I don't want to pay taxes. Okay. I don't, if, if I don't get to pay, ta- if I don't have to pay taxes for 15 years, that's my reparation. That's okay. my debt being paid. But, okay. I, but I can't say the same for Andre Browder. Andre right. Browder's my friend. We grew up together. But Andre Browder, money might be the difference between Andre struggling and Andre being able to get on his feet and then being able to purchase a home. Right. And that's the point I was trying to get at. This reparation thing, part of the thing that makes it so complicated, right, is that you take the anecdote of what happened in Nashville and you apply it to somebody who was a slave living in Kansas. It can't. You can't. You can't quantify the two. I can't give you reparations for another group of people and what they suffered when you didn't suffer the same hardship. We can't assume that all of it but was the same by inheritance of their, not, of their skin color. That's not the assumption. That's not, really, sure it is, Let Jay. me tell you how – Reese, I was in a class action lawsuit, okay? Oh, here we go. I was in a class exactly action lawsuit. Um, I was in a class action lawsuit in um, Porter Ranch. We had a mm-hmm. gas leak. Okay. Okay? And, um, and it was a multi-billion dollar class action lawsuit. Right. And there were some people who received hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. Some people who received tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Rosie just so, finished one. She just got her payment. But, 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 some, but everybody got something. Right. Based, based yeah, but did on, they fix the gas leak? Um, yes. <laughs> Great based question. On, based on um, a series of questions, how they mitigated it. Right. And how they, how the you, it would affect you personally. Right. And so – and I believe that the same thing would happen if we did this right. right. The same thing would and happen in this process. And I think that's what we're that's, – okay, I think that when you hear me talk about this, I think that's where you and I are, getting, are, are having this misstep here. I agree with you that – what the problem is is that all, everybody else who's talking about reparations is talking about everyone in one fell swoop. You're black. You get this much. No. The reason why they're having well, a problem in all of these tasks – You don't cash payments. So let me just say this. Even with John Beckman, hey, Beats, how you doing? Um, when me and John Beckman, when I first talked to John Beckman about the debt that was owed, and 
At first, I had it where we would get money every quarter. It would be based on a tax of a penny and a half or two pennies, and every black person would get every for everything that was bought. Those two cents go to this reparation. And John Beckman said, "How long do they get it, Jay?" And I said, "In perpetuity." And John Beckman said, "No, I don't agree with that." And I said, "John, let me tell you why. Because you can't give me enough money at one time." So John said, "I would rather be a one-time payment." And when John said it, because I'm not trying to convince me and people that look like me. I'm trying to convince John and people that look like John because John got to help me convince people like him and that look like him because that's who run this. That's who run this mother. So I really started listening. And we have to start listening if we want to get the debt that's owed to us paid. That's my point. Otherwise, we can be right all day long. We can talk about what happened, and we can be right, but we won't win. Win, right. Hold on a second, you guys. I just looked up how much the BLM owns in this country, which is the Bureau of Land Management. And that, in other words, that's the government, that's the tax spenders that own this. They own 245 million acres of land. That's right. In this country. So there, 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 is, there is plenty other than cash can be given to be paid towards a well, debt. And, and that's why I said if, if we're going to do this, we have to do it in points, with different points, different, different, 15 different points you can choose from. So, so not everybody's going to choose the same thing. If you, if you want money, you're going to get a one-time tax-free payment, $350,000. But, um, but if you take the payment, the, the tax-free payment, you can't take no taxes. You get that one year of tax-free payments, but you got to pay taxes on the next money you make. Jay, but can I ask you a question t- about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a mother and father, a black mother and father with six children today, living mm-hmm. in a household, because that's what I grew up mm-hmm. with. Do uh-huh. do each eight of those people get three hundred fifty thousand people, or does the household get that? No, the, the, each one of them, but they don't get it at one time. So if you're a kid, well, you said it. You said it was a one-time payment. I know yeah, that someone some would go into an escrow account kids, and a trust those account. Those kids don't get it. Those kids don't get it. They don't. They don't get to pick. The parents don't get to pick what the kids take. The kids. The kids turn eighteen, and they get to pick what they want. Because, well, the, the, once this thing is enacted, once it's enacted, only the people. From the time that it started, and if you have a baby in your stomach, that baby would have to be five months old or older in your stomach to be to qualify. Anything after that, they don't qualify because the debt 
would have a feeling the debt is paid to these people. The idea is that anything after those people, they're going to benefit from this debt that was paid. And that, does that make sense to you? I want, so if yes. you had a, I want to address so if you Dale Bernie's talk. So if you had a family of six, John, and let's just say of the six, you had a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, a nine-year-old, an 11-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 16-year-old. When that 16-year-old turns 18, that 16-year-old gets, his gets money. to pick what three things. If he wants money, he may not want money. Okay. That 16-year-old okay. may say, I want an education. I want a 25, um, uh, 25% down payment on a home, and I don't want to pay taxes for the next 10 years. Right. Okay. I think so what we're going to back on well, this is, is versus every individual versus household. There might be some pushback no, on that. I don't know. No, but, you, but that's just because, me speaking. Well, John Beckman, because you can't, you can't say you can't regulate my life based on what my parents did. Exactly. I exactly. Just, I, you know, I, I, I suffered the same way. I just wasn't old enough to collect at that time. All you did was allow me to get old enough to make my own decision. So don't make so because then then I put the kid at the mercy of a child. I mean of of a parent who may or may not be responsible, or who may or may not even care about my life, my livelihood. I don't know. Right. Good morning, Todd. Hey, good afternoon, Todd. Uh, Thirteen. Is anybody? I I was trying to address. Scott Sloan said it takes seven generations for original trauma to pass. Um, Scott, you obviously uh, don't know anything about psychology. That's not how that works. There's no such thing as generational trauma that is made up in the Ivy League halls of of college campuses. There's no truth to that. Dale Bernie said, so, Reese, are you saying you watched that movie and your takeaway was – this is an isolated incident. Now, Reese, for you to say that there's no – so whether you think it is or not, Reese – It's not what um, I think it is. Of course. Is that I, I've, actually, of course. I've actually asked no, – no, this is actually a, asked and answered Reese, by psychiatrists parent, and psychologists. If the parent, the parent's parent, the parent's parent, parent, whatever they inflict upon the child, the grandchild, the great-grandchild from – from that generation down, and it carries over, of course it's going to have an effect generationally. Actually, actually, if you're talking – now, first of all, you are suggesting that I'm suffering from the trauma of my great-grandfather who was a slave. Is that what you're saying? No, sir. No, sir. Oh. That's not what I'm okay. saying. That's what he's what talking I'm about. Is your great-grandfather passed down trauma to your grandfather, the way your grandfather – Treated what you trauma? Or treated, What's the trauma? Or treated your father, hold on, treated your father was based on trauma that his father received. How do that you he know passed that? Down. I don't. I'm not saying that. They, but when it happens, Reese, that's why it happens. Okay, Scott well, Sloan here's what I'm saying. I, so, so this is what, so, you, so Reese, the same way, I don't believe, I don't believe that I have any trauma like that. But I'm, I'm not Scott Sloan. But I'm not yeah, Scott no, Sloan. And I'm not Reece. suggesting he so doesn't. I don't get to say, and you don't get to say, Reese, that, that Scott didn't 
the, no, 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 hold on. I'm not Scott saying that. Did. Scott Sloan is saying everybody does. Scott Sloan impacts the legacy. No, no, Scott Sloan is saying everybody suffers from it. He didn't say himself. If no, he no, no, I'm telling you what I'm reading no, I'm to you. I'm reading to you what Scott is saying. Scott Sloan is saying there's a such thing as generational trauma. If he suffered it, he can't speak for everybody else. Is there anybody else? And I don't think Scott Sloan is a black guy, by the way. I think he's a white dude. I don't care. The bottom line is, is again, trying to make an anecdote that suggests, oh, uh, everybody suffers through generational trauma. First of all, that's absolutely untrue. Every psychiatrist will tell you there's no such thing. My mother was abused by the Catholic Church. Her trauma impacted her parenting. Um, um, Snitchy Smurf said, consider intergenerational trauma can stem from biology, learned behaviors, and even the collective experience of a group. If, Some if your parents treated you like a slave. Um, Del, Del Bernie said, Reese, there is, a, there is a fallacy in your premise. You ask for proof of systemic criminality, yet you reason every case of criminality is isolated. I will All tell you, because again, because, okay, systemically, there is a practice. That's what systemic means. There's a practice of behavior, right, by the federal government. Jay King and I don't have an argument there, right? If there is a government that does this to 40 families out of 60 families, that is a systemic issue. What my argument is is that you cannot place those, those, those 40 families and then apply it to the 20 that did not suffer it and say that they in, in some way suffered from the thing that the 40 did. That's not how that works. And you're telling me about a story about the killers of the flower moon, and you see one story, you say, you're going to tell me that that didn't happen everywhere? No, because it wouldn't be a story about one husband and his wife if it was happening everywhere. There that was happened. one individual so, Reece, story. Me, so, Reese, let me tell you so that you know. It happened so often and so frequently, and not just to, not just to the natives, but to the blacks um, in Oklahoma that were part of the Freedmen's Bureau that received property where they found minerals on it, uh, standard oil, found, uh, uh, they, they took care of the, the, uh, the property and they drilled for oil. And when they found that oil on those, on, on those properties and those natives, and black people from that area were assigned white people to oversee their money because they said they had never had money like that before. Yes, Adrian, this is a real broadcast. They had never had money like that before. And some of the blacks uh, were drowned or their homes blew up, and the whites that were uh that were in charge of them, they were left as the um, as the, the beneficiaries of those properties, of of which meant that they got they they took on the wealth. With the natives, what white men and white women would do is marry the natives, have children with them, and then kill them. And it happened so frequently, 
that if you look it up right now, Reese, if you decide to do some research on it, I'm well aware even of it. You, you just watched the movie on, on our trip back to New York. Uh, I mean, back to New York. I, I know the whole story. On one, the movie is based on one family. Right. But it happened. That's, what it, that's the point I was making. It happened, so, but it happened throughout that region for a number of years. And that's yeah. how white men and women acquired their wealth and became rich. Wealthy, not a dispute at all. But again, I said it before and I said it again. Anecdotally, what what I'm hearing here is you take it doesn't matter how many events there were. You can't you in no feasible way. Can you say, oh, it happened to all of them? You know, that's not true. No, no, no. Whether it happened to all of them or not, it had an adverse effect on the whole community as the value of the community faltered. Or dwindled, and, and there um, should be evidence of that. By the way, Gil Bertie said, "Reese, my grandparents could not even file a lawsuit against a white person in the Jim Crow era in Burge, They can um, now. Bolivia, Paris, Louisiana. Back then, they're dead, Reese. Um, um, Which means what? Um, Two um, minutes. Can I can I ask a question? It happened to one of my family members, Sarah Rector. If Sarah Rector was one of your family members, um, um, brother Youssef. That didn't happen to Sarah Rector. Actually, Sarah Rector uh, became the first millionaire uh, black black teenager. So that didn't happen can to I, her. Uh, uh, can I find, um, can Sarah I find Rector out if it was right, a wonderful life? Hold on one second, John Beckman. Sarah, right, Rector, okay, okay. Um, Sarah Rector actually became a white woman on paper. Sarah Rector was so rich that they passed legislation to make her a white woman so she could travel first class on the trains. Um, she, she only had Jade. It, he was only over her money for a period of time. And then W.E.B. Du Bois and the NAACP stepped in and they took the money. So she wasn't, so see, I know all about it. So it didn't happen to Sarah Rector. It happened to her neighbor who was killed, who was blown up in his house. Something happened and his house blew up and his white um, overseer who oversaw his money um, became his beneficiary, not anybody in his family. It's probably ahead, a gas John, explosion. Like, probably a yeah. gas explosion like Porter Again, that's exactly what Anyways, yeah. Um, is Robert still here? Because we haven't, you know, I feel bad for Robert. He's not uh, getting any time to chime Robert in. Is listen. Robert's a good listener. Robert, Robert, what do you think about the discussion? Thank you, Joyce. Says he dropped. Oh, maybe. No, Robert hung up. Robert hung up, actually. Oh, Robert okay. Says, uh, you, I'm sorry. You, yeah. yeah I, again, I was trying to The argument is never, uh, ever uh, about. Uh, it's going to keep going. It won't end. Um. Mike, you can hang up when you want to, because these mother scooters they'll keep talking. So you can hang up when you can want I, to. Hey, hey, I like. To, I, we got really I'd good like stuff. To, I think we got it. Can we wrap it? I'd like, okay, to, so I'd, like to, I'd like to hear Mike's thoughts on this. Mike, what are your thoughts on this whole topic? <laughs> yeah, thanks for asking. Actually, um, it, you guys have all all of you, the five of you, I think that were on the line, have really good. I mean, you've definitely thought it out. You definitely have some history, some insight. You, it, 
you've been milling this over for years, I know. I've known Jay for at least two years in this conversation. It's really sad that I don't have any faith in the federal government, the um, the, the Shirley Webbers. I'm sorry, who's the one in uh, Texas? Who She just has no idea what it would take, where to start, where to go, how to get this done. It's super complicated, and because of mm-hmm. that, they're all tied up in their own little world anyways. I, I feel really sad that I, I don't think this will ever come to fruition. Um, now, do you, and, Mike, and that's Mike, why, do, you, yeah. do you agree there should be a multicultural panel like we discussed? Oh, absolutely, yes. And everybody yeah. should have some, uh, you know, what do, what do you say, Jay, something on the wood, cash on the wood or whatever Get, it is? Um, skin in the game, money on the wood. Skin, yeah, money on the wood. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it took Jay to tell – I don't know, the, the, the lawmaker in Southern California, it took Jay to tell him what to say at the committee, and then it finally got in. These politicians, they're just politicians. They get told what to say, right. but they don't have any backbone. They don't have any intuition. They don't have any history. They're just looking for points. And uh, so right. it leaves it up to the Californias and the Illinois to take it up, and that's, I've always said to I mean, Jay, I mean, has that's, even, that's has the even, wrong place. Has even a... Has even a Maxine Waters even discussed this? She's been in Congress for what? I don't know, 30, 30. years? 30. Has she even 30. discussed how this? How, the juice? how long, Reese? How long has Maxine Waters been here, Reese? Oh, God. What, 27 years? Maybe longer? 30 something. Yeah, well, I think 30 37 years. Yeah. I mean, By I don't way, even recall I wanted... watching. Go ahead. I just wanted to say Scott Sloan. I want you to look up a guy by the name of Kevin Mitchell in your transgenerational trauma. Look up Kevin Mitchell. I think when you mention Kevin Mitchell, I think of the baseball player for the played for the Mets and the San Francisco oh, Giants. You talk, of course, Kevin Mitchell. Hey, are you kidding me? The yeah. first time I ever saw a dude with plaits in his hair. <laughs> He's the one that caught the – remember he caught the, the fly ball with his bare hand? Yes, and he, he said, did. fuck, I don't need a mitt. <laughs> Um, I appreciate, listen, I appreciate the insight. And again, like I said, never, ever ask the government to do something that they, that that they were the, the purveyors, uh, Shelby Steele, who did a documentary called what killed Michael Brown. Maxine Waters has been in, um, Congress from 1991 to present. Okay. That would put her in 30, 33 years. Yeah. 33 years. Yeah. Do something. Uh, so, uh, Reese, are you Sorry. referring to Professor Kevin Mitchell? No. The professor? Uh, Shelby, no. Shelby Steele said, um, Shelby Steele said in his documentary, What Killed uh, Michael Brown, he said one of the reasons why he refused to take any of the handouts of Lyndon B. Johnson uh, when he was in Chicago when they were doing the war on poverty, he said because he didn't see it feasible as giving the apparatus to save us from poverty from the people who put us there. So that's why he didn't um, believe in government, and he built his own house because of it. John, um, um, Reese, um, Scott Sloan said, I respect the passion you have, Reese, but emotion preventing you from hearing from my point of view, I've done enough work to know what I'm talking about. I'll entertain your request. No problem. Hey, I appreciate Lorraine, you entertaining the request. And I'm not coming from emotion. I'm just, again, if I get emotional, it's because I hear all these people throwing out these, hey, these very lame, hey, 
very lay terminologies that they hear in, you know, uh, you know, uh, behavioral studies classes that have been made up. It's the reason why we have gender dysphoria in, in, you know, in gender studies in colleges today with these made up traumas. You know, everybody has PTSD. You know, guy gets, you know, he gets nicked with a, a, a freaking nail gun. Well, next thing you know, he's suffered some form of trauma. Uh, it's the, the trauma thing is getting a little played out and a little overused. King Reese, are you referring to the neurogenesis who wrote the book Innate, Kevin Mitchell? Uh, Kevin Mitchell, no. No? Okay. Well, what Kevin Mitchell are you? Who is he's Kevin a profe- Mitchell? Why are well, you I'm sorry. He's a genetic. He is a genetics professor. Yeah, he's a neuroscience professor, he, Kevin Mitchell. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to know if so I could post it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. You mean some, somebody that studies, like, to get medicines or something? Yeah, neural. He studies genetics and neuroscience. And he was yeah, one of the okay. first people to push back on this idea of, um, uh, of uh, what do you call it, uh, transgenerational uh, trauma. God. Scott Sloan said, wrap your head around Jewish culture, Reese. Hey, Kevin Rouse. I, you, know, you can hey, you know, listen. Again, I understand, Scott. That's where the team um, comes from. It was used Scott, as a hol- um, Reese, used against, Reese uh, in the Holocaust. That's how I knew what he was talking about. Because, in fact, it has never been associated with slavery. It was associated with, with Holocaust survivors at first. Now, all of a sudden, it's being associated with, with slavery. It was debunked long before then. That's why I said look well, up I, Kevin Mitchell. I, I, I'm going to say, well, um, so uh, Scott Reese is a black Jewish Republican. Let me just say, it means any, religion, any means religion nothing. that requires me to wear a hat, I'm not involved with. I'm sorry. Oh, come on. It's a yarmulke. It's not a hat. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Pope wears a hat. That's why I'm not Catholic. <laughs> Reese is a good example of passed down trauma. That's what Bob Jay, Jay, you you was wearing the KDEE hat, and you had to say, "Oh, remember what you had to put on?" You was on the uh, the LA hat. <laughs> All I'm saying is, it, it listen. It's a fiery debate, and again, it's always going to get people in, into their emotions because again, it's. And as I say, people who are for reparations say it's got to be, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts. And I'm going, well, all right, good luck all, with that. First of all, we got to stop saying reparations. Right. If you right. want, that, like I said, if you really want it to be, if you want it, if you want to get past somebody throwing up a guard, you got to first call it what it is, a debt. And then quit That's saying the white man has behavior. to pay for it. The white man has to it's pay for be it all the time. It's got to be a criminal <laughs> behavior that was enacted against us by our government. So you gotta you got to make it about a debt that's owed because of the criminality of the government. When, when you get there, especially with white people, white men in particular, you can get to the other part of the conversation. But if you don't do that first, you won't even get to the other part of the conversation, and when you do, it will be with a lot of pushback because you didn't set it up right the first time. Well, if Come you exactly the term right. government, native women off land of Lake Butter but kept the land uncovered, <laughs> just trifling. <laughs> yeah, it is trifling. 
Way to bring it home, Jay. Stephanie Poole said we were damn experiments in California, and hell yes, we are due. Let me ask you this. Um, Let me ask you this, Jay. You say the government, which again, always my biggest problem, but let me go one step further. There is no such thing as government in total. Is there a department? The Treasury? No, you have to reach um, the government as a whole because from a systemic standpoint, whether you did anything or not, if you stood by and let something happen, you're culpable. Right. So Department of Homeland Security turn, or Health and Human Services plays eye, no role. You're culpable. If you allowed somebody who was representative of government and you but allowed you that were, to happen, you're culpable. What if you were in government at our founding and you were fighting for uh, abolition, John Quincy Adams in particular, um, uh, Abraham Lincoln? There are plenty of people who are abolitionists. And, and, you know, and, and, and Abraham Lincoln is still the government, still criminal. And when you, look at, when you look at the government, when you look at Abraham Lincoln is assassinated, Andrew Johnson becomes president. Andrew Johnson is sympathetic to the South when Andrew Johnson becomes president because of the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Confederate soldiers and officers can't even participate in the government. They can't run for office. They can't hold an elected office. They can't be appointed to office. But the first thing Andrew Johnson does is take those restrictions off of Confederate soldiers make Confederate officers judges, Confederate soldiers put them over the penal system, enact black codes, and then rescind Field Order 15, which um, gave the formerly enslaved 40 acres and a government mule to borrow. Not only did did, did did he rescind it, 90% 90% of the land that had already gone out was taken back. So well, that's what I'm the saying. There's so much land out there now. Yeah, from the very beginning. I, hey, the I agree with that. From the very beginning, the government became a criminal when the government went against its own self. The government became a criminal when the government said, you're equal with the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, and then said, but we're going to separate you. um, So you you can't separate them because they're so connected. Yeah, but the only land that can be given now is owned by the government, right? You can't give somebody the Trump Tower land. um, You you can't give them the strip land. no, No, so what you do with this, John, you don't make it about land. You make it about home ownership because at the, at the crux, at the foundation of wealth building is home ownership. So if you don't allow me the opportunity to build wealth on a home, you get a disparity report that says by 2053, the black community will be at zero wealth. And by 2073, 
community will be at zero wealth. So, so you got to fix it, and you fix it through home ownership. And you are you talking about existing? Are you talking about existing homes or homes that have uh, be built? Yeah, yeah, um, existing homes. You you okay. you 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 put a twenty five twenty five percent down payment. You know, but again, you know, all this stuff. You put it all on the table, and then you try to fine tooth it out, fine comb it. You, but you know, you you put it out there and you make it. You make it make sense. You walk into the game saying, we're going to figure it out. You don't walk into the game saying, how do we disrupt this even more? Because if you come in saying we're going to figure it out, guess what you're going to do? You're going to figure it out. If you walk in saying this ain't never going to get fixed, guess what's not going to happen? It won't ever get fixed. So you can't walk into it with people with egos and attitudes and with preconceived notions and with agendas. It has to be a pure um, it has to be a pure unadulterated clean decision that we're going to make America great for once. That's, that we're going to do something great. I want to ask yeah. I want to ask a stupid question then. The other day in my neighborhood, I see a, you know, an open house sign. You know, a realtor puts up an open house sign. So obviously people are going to go look at that home if they're interested. Now, how would, right. how would you do this? Um, are they going to, you know, let, so is there going to be open house for blacks only and it's a no, 25%? No, John, John, you don't. So, so you see, that's what I'm talking about. You guys, you guys don't look at the open mind of this. No, I was just, you guys I was just start, asking a question. I know, because, because you guys start minimalizing it to small ideas. Th- that just happens to be an open house in your community, John. Anybody can d- decide they're going to buy that house. It can be somebody that's multi-color. Uh, they, they can be the color of a, a, a superstar pop. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah I don't care. I bet so, you still sign your signature with an X, don't you? It's your dumb self. Ooh. You, uh, no, I, I, I sign my signature that That was unintelligent. I said, can I ask a stupid question? I prefaced it. Thank you. Uh, I don't know what Dale Bernie uh, John, I mean, Reese, just because if it never happened, Reese, that don't put you on the right side of the bait. What does I, it put listen, you on? That's, listen, is, that's between myself and Dale Bernie. That's not between you. But oh Dale Bernie, let me tell you this. Dale Bernie, sitting around wearing an Amphar pin doesn't cure AIDS. So if you want me to sit up here and just chuck it up with you and go, yup, 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 you're not going to get that here. You wear the pin. You sit around and tell everybody, at least I'm acknowledging it, and feel good about yourself. Pat yourself on the ass while you're doing it. I refuse to Reece, acknowledge things that you refuse Reece, to think through. can you do through. that again? In order for you, you to, yep, in order yep, for you yep, to yep, think yep it through, Jay King, and I, Jay King and I go through this debate over and over again. But there's one thing that I can honestly tell you. Jay King may not like what I'm saying, but he listens. Sometimes not all the time, but he listens. You're not listening. You just want me to acknowledge. Reese will never acknowledge that. You don't need me to acknowledge it. You need a plan, and you don't have one. You just want reparations, but you have no fucking idea how you're going to do it. 
Not one. You don't even have a plan. I gave you three. I said, sue the fucking companies who benefited from it. At least I have an idea. I come up with an idea. You just want to get paid. Somebody pay me. I'm telling you that you can't get it your way. You get it out. Those are the people. And those are the you people do it, who go you work saying, it where it works. If you can't eat, what do you do? You hunt. So if nobody's giving it to you, you find other ways. You acclimate. You can't acclimate. All you know is that you want the money. You have no fucking idea now, you know, how to get I don't, it. I don't think, see, uh, the, the, the fact that you relegated to just money, Reese, is no, a No, no, Jay, I'm, just, I'm using that as a euphemism. I'm using it as a euphemism. You just want to get it's paid. Just, when I say paid, whatever the it, case may it's, be. It's not, it's, not just, it's not just money. I, I, and, it's and a I'm euphemism, you Jay. That's just okay. euphemism. And let me just, okay, and I'm just going to say this, where, um, where I agree with me and Kente, where we intersect, I, where I agree with him. I personally believe that if America doesn't pay the debt it owes, it will be part of the reason why the country we once knew as the United States of America won't exist. It will Shouldn't this country then curtail from spending so much and to the tune that we're $34 will, trillion in debt? It will destroy That's itself. why you keep your now money, you keep your debt, America, take care of your bills. Let me tell you how cold America is. Remember when the Japanese owned everything? Yeah. I remember. I was at Bel Air when they bought Pebble Beach Golf Course. The Japanese owned all the property in the United States. What did the United States do? They bankrupted that property. In the 40s. They bankrupted that property. They lost all that property, and then they they resold it again. Um, Del Bernie said, Reese, you are doing to me what you constantly accuse Jay of doing to you. You're trying to think for me. I'm not thinking for you. Again, Dale Bernie, I've watched every comment you put up here. Guess who? Guess what wasn't in your comments? Solutions. You don't have one, and you know you don't. Do you know any of the 15 companies that benefited from it? No, you haven't even bothered to look it up. At least I did that. Like, I'm coming into this conversation with something to add to it, not take away from it, add to it. And I'm saying it must be systematic. It must be well thought out. It cannot be done blanket. That's the reason why you had a, what was it, one and a half years that Sacramento put together this commission and they came out with nothing. It's never going to get implemented. Everybody had their hopes up and they're coming up with nothing. Why? That was just Newsom trying to be presidential. Exactly. All it was, it was, fill, it was, it was filler. It was empty promises. And then he can go on it afterwards and says, hey, I created the first reparations commission and get you nothing. And guess what? You get your AMFAR pin, Dale Bernie. You get Gavin Newsom to say, at least I tried. And what does that do? That supplements any response because then everybody could go, well, he was talking about it because that's all you need. At least he said something. It's like changing the, the, the graphic on your social media campaign. We support Ukraine. And you think that's doing something. Um. Lorraine said, calm down, dude. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, no offense, Lorraine, but you don't know how I get down. This is me and my regular voice. But again, it's just a whole that bunch is, of people with a bunch of platitudes thinking that Lorraine, they're doing something. Um, Del Bernie okay. said, my disagreement with you, Reese, 
is you act to pretend as though the criminality did not happen. I did not. Period. What I said was... No, you never said you, that. Obviously, you weren't listening. I said, whoever was... Whoever did anything criminal, Jay King said, they admitted it. Fine. If I'm the Hopkins family in, in Savannah, Georgia, and the federal government has admitted to doing wrong to me, I want culpability. I want payment for that. You they admitted said, I'm it. sorry to you, and they and move on. Stephanie um, Poole said it's due because of the war crimes against our communities. Listen, I'm going to tell you guys what happened. Stephanie, where is your let community? Me, let me tell you guys what happened in, um, in Nashville, Tennessee, 1925. There's a, 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 a black guy who's in Nashville. His father is the mayor his father's white, mother was black, so he's mixed. His father is the mayor, but it's not, if it, it's not openly acknowledged, but everybody knows that's his father. In Nashville, Tennessee, it is said that it is the only place in the country where whites and blacks can live in harmony, and there would never be a race war in Nashville because of how well the blacks and the whites get along. This young black man, he is able to interact with black women and white women. And some of the white men around town don't like it. One day, um, this white woman is killed in her house. She's an older woman. They go to see the black guy because he interacts with white women and black women, and they try to put it on him. They know he didn't do it. But the white officer that wants to put it on him don't like him. They're finding a way to get him, and he finally got it. So they question him. So they go to his house, knock on the door, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. He's asleep. He's got a gun sitting on, on the top of his desk, but he can because it's not illegal to have a gun. They asked him, where was he an hour ago? He said, I was asleep. I was in bed. What time did you go to bed? I went to bed at 11 o'clock. They tell him that this woman was killed and somebody said he had something to do with it. They arrest him. Now, they know for certain he didn't have nothing to do with it. But they're going to have his trial. So they have to move him from Nashville to Chattanooga because... White men are coming down to the jail to get him. This very safe place for black people where blacks and whites lived harmoniously overnight became a war zone. And American troops came into the black community with Gatling guns 
and just arbitrarily shot into the black community, killed innocent people. That's the government that I'm talking about. And that's just one story. And it's according to what state that you start to um, research. And I suggest you all to start researching crimes that happened against black people in every state in the United States of America. And you'll find out different states had different tactics. In Georgia, they would burn cities down or they would flood them out. Lake Rainier is a black town. And in Georgia, there was one year where the weather was so bad, all the crops died except for this one area, this one black township, where not only did everything live, but it thrived. And they flooded that town. And when you start going through America, you will see that systemically the government was involved in criminal activities against its own citizens as Americans of African descent, you and I. And that's not something that I'm guessing about, making up, or pretending it happened. These are actualities. And I suggest that you all start doing some research about the history of who you are and what you have survived through and why you're so strong. And maybe, just maybe, you might respect yourself a little more. Maybe you'll start respecting your own community a little more. Maybe you'll start being honest enough and say, we be fucking up. We killing ourselves. See, I don't expect white people to be good to me. I expect people like me, that look like me, that come from me, to be good to me. So my problem ain't with how other people hate me. My problem is with how I hate me. Why I'm so dangerous to myself. And I blame white people. That is my problem. There's a debt owed to us. Is it feasible for us to get the debt that's owed to us? Absolutely. But not with this same old raggedy ass argument that we continue to perpetuate, not with, we shall overcome, sweet Lord, sweet chariot, no justice, no peace, that bullshit is over. You better start having conversations with people that don't look like you. You better start learning your history 
So when you talk to people that don't look like you, you're not angry. And you're able to do it without emotion, but with pragmatism and a methodical, critical mind to win and not be right. Hey, Jay, did you look at that chart I sent you? Yes, I did. Yeah, and, um, interesting chart. Tomorrow, we're, I'm going to discuss that chart tomorrow on the show, John. But um, tomorrow, you guys, we're going to have uh, Stephen um, Walton, uh, a city council uh, candidate for District 2 in Sacramento. Uh, from 8 to 10 in the morning, um, he's going to come on. We're going to have a great discussion with him. I hope you guys tune in. Tell your friends about it. Uh, Stephen Walton tomorrow on Kings in the Morning. You were wearing, um, weren't you wearing his T-shirt the other day or something? Yeah, I was you wearing his T-shirt. You, 8, at, yeah, 8 okay. a.m., from 8 to 10 a.m. Yeah, I was wearing his T-shirt. I went to a, a I was wondering who that was. Yeah. Huh? I was yeah. just wondering who that was when I saw that shirt. I yeah. didn't know. So you're going to get a chance to hear him tomorrow, John. Powerful dude. I'm, I'm going to be transparent and tell you guys that um, I have um, – maxed out with what I can give him. You can only give um, $2,050 to a candidate, John. You can't give any more than that. So I, so Jay, I I'm running for Congress. I accept payments up to $8,500 if you're inclined. No, you can't, you can't do that. You can, Congress is 6600 Okay, whatever. Oh. Please, please help, help a man out, um, will you? John? Max out on, um, max out on your buddy. I'll max out on you, all right. Uh, I'm going to give you the same thing you gave Robert Redwine. I'm glad to see more um, people on Instagram come in and, you know, um, but I do this show primarily on Mondays at, um, at uh, six o'clock. Um, um, Scott Reese hung up because Sometimes um, um, he got baby nuts. He had to go pray. Um, Karen Rivera, let me make sure I have your number, Karen, because I changed numbers. Um, Yes, I have it. Karen, I'm going to call you because I know you told me, so I'll make sure I'll call you. Um, What about Penelope Larry? I think Penelope Larry... uh, is a wonderful lady. I love Penelope Larry, um, Libby, but um, I don't think she has the. Um, uh, I think I think she's too green, and we don't need a green person uh, in that seat. We need somebody that that is actually going to move and shake, uh, and the, the the learning curve would be too too high for her. Um, Steve, um, and we need a younger person. We need a, he's a young man. He's a a young. Um, 40s, and um, and and we need somebody with with experience when it comes to the need of the community. Steve Walton has the experience when it comes to housing and understanding the mechanics of government and how it works. Uh, Steve Walton is the guy. He um, he, um, he he knows all of the communities. He doesn't look at. District 2 as just Del Paso Heights and Strawberry Manors, which is primarily black. 
He looks at it as the whole community that it is. And black people, I'm going to say this to black folk, you guys better stop being racist to yourself. You better stop making your conversation just about being black. You, you, better, you better become the same diversity, equity, and inclusion that you demand because we all going to need each other. And if you don't start learning how to maneuver and build strong uh, uh, coalitions, alliances, and allegiances, you are not going to make it in a world where everybody is mushing together. So we got to stop. I don't believe uh, in promoting black business. I believe in promoting good business that happen to be owned by black men or women, but you have to be good first. You, I want the good business. I want the hardworking business person that happens to be black. I don't want you to be a good business. I don't believe in black Wall Street. I believe in green Wall Street. We have to stop minimizing ourselves. We have to stop minimizing the lane that we go down. Um, Sir Fischelot said, very interesting discussion, Jay. By the way, I met the one and only DOA over the weekend. You met a great man. Um, Derek DOA Allen is a genius uh, uh, musician and producer, songwriter, good friend of mine, and just a, a, a wonderful human being. Hey, Chili and Gucci. How you doing? Um, um, yeah, um, I'm going to call you, Karen. So thank you guys for tuning in. John, thank you. Thank you for um, spending you, your night with us. I know you, you know, you could be drinking beers right now. Um, no, I'm drinking coffee. Sure. No, I said I know you could be drinking beers right now. Make sure I was on my toes. With his stupid questions, you swear he was drinking beer. Unlike, <laughs> unlike Yusef. Yusef. So stupid. You know, I love you, man. You, I love you, man. And I know you love that me. That take away you from just you won't, You just question. won't admit it. You just won't admit it. Someday you'll come around. Let me ask you a question. If Yusef was a girl, would you go on a date with him, John? If he was a woman, Fuck would you go no. on a date with him? You, no. you just said you love him. I love him as a buddy, not a girl. A buddy, a buddy. <laughs> Although he does, have, he buddy. does have the hair. He does have the hair of a girl. <laughs> you got a lot. You got. He's so immature, John. You got. You got a lot. Make, of making fun of my hair. Well, you make fun of my hair. Why can't I make fun of yours? You, you got a okay. lot of growing up to do. Maybe you know, you're know, very immature. Hey, I hope. I really hope you guys take into consideration what this conversation was. I hope I hope you all start, um, when you hear people say reparations, lose that word. Make it about debt. I hope when, you, when people start saying that um, what white people did to us, make it about the government. Don't make it about white people. Make it about the government. Debt, government, and post-slavery. Don't make it about slavery. Make it about post-slavery because there's too many arguments on the other side you can't argue with the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. They are what they are. That is a solid foundation. And, and don't try to be right. Don't, make it be, don't want to be right. Want to win. Don't want to be right. Want and to common, win. common sense. All right, you guys. I'm going to let you all go. Uh, it's 8.08. You know, I got to be in bed by 8.30.
Peace out. Good night.